And we're back in the room, back for your holidays, ready to rumble through the multitude of human emotions again. Maybe near the entire gamut, but it wouldn't be far off. But we have been busy ahead the scenes, ahead the wiggly waves. And speaking about wiggly waves, perfect time to introduce, who's soon sorted to the stars, the <laughs> money that guides us through the wigglies, Richie Hi, hi, how are you doing, folks? Whose stars is that, then? Oh, well, <laughs> maybe Faden's stars. <laughs> Distance. Richie, what's going on? <laughs> you've been more, more into technology, you've been marking microphones. Very old-fashioned technology, but on one of our guests, the studio guests, I am trying a new microphone out, which is hand-built by my good self. So we'll see if it uh, lasts as long as the show. <laughs> did, uh, did you go on your summer holidays with the bairns? Uh, I got as far as the borders. Went to the borders for a week. Had a lovely time. Spoke to the sheep, spoke to the coos, and then came back up the road. Came so, home again. Fine. And on the other side of the hill and up the road, we've been enjoying the Doric Film Festival Awards and Aberdeen's Belmont oh, Cinema. Oh, aye. Fit day, that was a day. Fit day. <laughs> I wish I was we there. We haven't been idle. We're nae prone to faffing about. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. Aye. Mayor about the Doric Film Festival and plans later and some reaction <laughs> to the audience that was there. And I'm joined by nae guest, but twa. First, let me welcome the magical maestro, hands up for trad, musician, composer and athing combined. It would take a hill programme to speak about Fiddy's Dean. Welcome to the Rummels, Simon Tumere. Hello. Hello. Right, Simon, usually we're gearing up for the Trad Awards in December, but this year, this year, you're organising nearly that massive event for BBC MG Alba, but on the 27th of September, you've got the Scots Language Awards in Glasgow. Tell us a wee bit about that. Oh, it's really exciting. Uh, we had the idea just to do something that's going to promote Scots language. And I got in touch with Creative Scotland and said, how about it? And right. they said, aye, let's do it. So you're doing it? Doing it. Okay, more than that later. Fit a programme for Fit's Fit. And it gives me great pleasure again to welcome back into our studio writer, reporter and presenter, Alistair Heather. Welcome, Ali. <laughs> Thanks for having me, okay. Frida. Gives your news. Just fit have you been up to? Oh, all sorts of stuff. So, as usual, working with Aberdeen University, but for this time, I've been meeting with a young lad called Jack Capener, who is an SNP member that's been doing things for Scott in the political sphere. So, hear more about that after. Hucha, hucha. Afore that, Farah. This is for their album Times for Times Fall.
Sahara for their album Times for Times Fall. Music to get us off to a fine start and get us into what's been happening out and about. As we mentioned earlier, there's been a strong push for the creation of a Scots language board. The movement has been led by Jack Kapner. Ali, you met up with Jack. Tell us more. Exactly that. So as we can, over the last few years, there's been really good moves for the Scots lead in various, like Education Scotland's been backing it mayor, we've seen it mayor in the media, the Centre for the Scots lead's been doing smashing things. But a place the lead's been feared to gang, or maybe hasn't been welcome, is Holyrood. And what we've been needing is folk that can about how Holyrood works, getting on the inside and making progress there. And Jack Kapener is one of these kind of young, motivated, early 20s SNP members who's managed to force the SNP to put a motion in their party conference for this October to explore the creation of a Scots Language Board and then potentially, off the back of that, a Scots Language Act. And just generally introduce Scots to the kind of political sphere in a mere serious way. So I caught up with Jack uh, just last week to get a blether about what the process is and what we can expect to happen. So it's a motion in favour of a Scots Language Board. So a ticket to the YSI National Conference in November. The YSI, the Young Scots for Independence, are kind of the, the youth branch of the party. And uh, there was a lot of good reception to it, a lot of folk in favour of it. A lot of folk didn't care about the issue, didn't care what Scots is going through, what's needing done. Um, so it was good to kind of take it to them and, and enlighten folk about, you know, the, the sorry state that Scots is in. I knew that it's um, 2019 and it's the year of Indigenous languages, according to the UN. There's been a lot of momentum that we can kind of follow through and uh, take that motion to the main party conference in October. So hopefully where we're at, the new, is that the SNP is right in the brink of having a big party-wide debate about the Scots Language Board and uh, all the benefits that that could bring and it'll be voted on in October and hopefully when it's voted on it'll become government policy. So it's a really exciting time for the language and it's a really exciting time for actual political action to do it. The main issue you had trying to get it debated in the first place was folk not really kind of about it. Aye, definitely. How were the initial kind of blethers you had with folk at the, the younger party conference? I mean, they kind of just trusted me to ken what, what the issue was because, you know, there was folk that were speaking Scots to us that didn't ken what Scots was, they didn't ken about the language and they didn't ken that now it was being done. When I explained it was a language, they kind of just presumed that there was then policies in place when I then had to explain, actually, there's absolutely now being done to, to protect it, to promote it. Um, it's just kind of in limbo at the moment. And the reaction that that got was one of anger. And I think that's completely dead on and completely right because you should be angry that you know you've got certain languages being treated better than others there was a ministerial working group on scots back a couple of years sign and um it got kind of some vocal support for the leadership but nothing really ever came out so my concern is that this motion would pass in october and then you'd see now done about it and it would just be a kind of you know like you say a lot of blather but not much action which is why I've set up a campaign alongside all this, Urvice, which is going to kind of push for action to make sure that the government sticks to its promises and actually does what it says it's going to do. Is there an extent to which the Scottish government is fearly Scots? Do you think they maybe didn't understand it? Maybe they think it's a, it's no the hill they want to die on? I, I'm fear that they consider an hourly nationalist cause, mm-hmm. um, which I think is just wrong. It just isn't. Um, but I... I wonder if they think that by endorsing Scots, they seem kind of hourly nationalist and hourly linguistically nationalist. Well, that just isn't the case. I mean, Scots is 
not a nationalist cause, but it is a national cause. Urweiss, mm-hmm. in a kind of braid sense, is a non-party political campaigning platform for folk to kind of use to, to pressure the government into attacking mayor action on the subject of Scots. At the moment, it's gone for support for the Scots Language Board motion, and it's gone for support for a CPG on Scots and a Scots Language Act. Hold on, for us uninitiated, what's a CPG? Uh, what is it? <laughs> CPG is a cross-party group. Um, so it's kind of a um, group of folk for civil society and for the Parliament to all get together in the Parliament to discuss what can be done about a certain issue. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of in a, in a in another sense, I think. Our vice is what I'd consider the political arm of the Scots language community, or that's what I hope it all become. Because it, instead of it being like it's a kind of new player in the game, it's uh, it's kind of a flag under which we can all fly. So we can all get together under the name of our vice and use that to kind of amplify our vice and make make our vice heard in a political sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd hope it could kind of evolve into. Uh, um, almost pressure group mm-hmm. on the government, uh, a platform that whenever something's needing done with Scots in the government or in the parliament, parliamentarians can that they go to our advice and um, can that that's, that's kind of their point of contact between the Scots language community and the political world. So it's kind of a bridge between the two. For your average Scots speaker in the street, Ken, somebody's lugging at this that's maybe fey, as you say, the borders, or it's a, a mother in Bucky who just enjoys... Speaking Doric, we are with a family in that. What is a Scots language board going to do for them? It seems off a an elitist institution. What's it to do with your average person? No, nah, you're spot on. It, it, it's a pretty abstract concept when you when you first start thinking about it. What we'll start seeing with a Scots language board is a lot of cooperation between the board and local councils and public authorities. So you'd start seeing documents put out in Scots. You'd start seeing um, Scots strategies across the country. And it's all got the kind of feck of government money behind it, which you'll ken is pretty game changing. But in who that kind of translates to, to the ground level, I think what language boards are all about across the world, and including we're in um, Borden Gaelic, mm-hmm. is empowerment. It empowers folk to kind of see their language as normal in it. And I think that um, has a bigger impact with language. It's not just about who folks speak, it's about who they carry themselves, it's about who they think about themselves and their culture. Because Scots speakers are some of the most disempowered folk in the country, I think. Because for the day they started school, they've been told, you're speaking wrong, you have to change the way you speak, you have to change the way you are to conform to a standard of themselves that they didn't recognise. And that's disempowering and that's alienating and it delegitimises their sense of identity. And say so when you start seeing a Scots language board working with your council, when you start seeing documents ganging out in Scots, when you start seeing a Scots language act and all the kind of things, Scots in the name and Scots in the nature, that's when folks start feeling like the way they speak is normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a big impact on self-worth and allows folk to really rack their full potential. <laughs> Jack Kipner speaking to Alistair Heather and Ali is we in the studio. Ali, fit new, fit happens fan and far again. So the middle of October, you hear the SNP conference up in Aberdeen, and this will be debated by conference members, SNP members. Should the Scots language effectively be a main part of the SNP's next manifesto? And then if SNP go on to, obviously they are, they are the Scottish government, the new, if that continues on, then it becomes part of government policy. 
and that's when you'll see real change. So Abdi, get your in on Aberdeen come middle of October because it could make a, a real difference in the political sphere. Absolutely. Okay, I'll bring in our studio guest at this point, Simon Toomey. Simon, your thoughts on this new initiative, the Jack? Fantastic. Anything that pushes the language forward into the public sphere uh, is only a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as he said there, it heases up the confidence, doesn't it? It's a spotlight in trying to get folks' confidence to speak Scots. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I come from a background where I, that I don't have the confidence to, to speak Scots. And mm-hmm. it, the, we need to get folks started. They need to be hearing it and hearing it, seeing it, reading it. Uh, that's the way it will happen. It'll be before. But... Right, Alistair. Mm-hmm. Bit there I would tuck uh, issue with is, uh, is that now it's being deemed to protect it and, and uh, promote it. I, I think he meant specifically for the government, and absolutely ah. isn't he? Like, you could just about dry your hands on the warm words for the government when it comes to Scots. A lot of folk will feel uncomfortable with the SNP tucking charge of the board. And that's absolutely fair enough. Now, as somebody that obviously wants to see Scots flourish, you can't argue with the, the largest political party in Scotland tacking up the issue, and the Scottish government itself, which the SNP currently is in minority, tacking up the issue. But as he said, you need to be cross-party with it for the start. Like, you need to hear the Tories on board. You need the Liberal Democrats. The Greens already hey a real Welsh wee commitment in their manifesto to Scots. You need to toughen all that up and mark it a political issue where Abdi Fields represent it. It can't be a nationalist issue. It needs to be a nationalist mm-hmm. issue, exactly as Jack said. You want to see, like Peter Chapman, who's an MSP Tory for the North East, he took his oath in Holyrood in Doric. And I ken that other Tories around the East Coast, certainly, mm-hmm. and I'm sure elsewhere, are really into Scots. Uh, Douglas Ross told me on an interview I did for Scots Radio Nose Langsign, he really approves of the role that Doric plays in his Murray constituency, and he doesn't care how there isn't a political pressure to name Mary yet, but the reason nobody's doing anything is because there isn't a political pressure. And funny enough, I was in a blither with Peter Chapman at the Doric Film Festival Aye. Awards, and uh, right ahead in the hill thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, Jack is saying, a lot in there, but there's a, it's an uphill struggle, because, of course, folk will say, well, Scotland is a... Has made up a whole lot of dialects, Aye. and that marks the Scots. Like that's the big problem. How do you bring that together? I mean, so Finland a hundred years ago uh, became independent and decided to make its language legitimate. And Finnish is very dialectal, so you can really tell where somebody's fae based on their dialect. And it's something Finns love. But it was that issue of how do you hear a national language when it's when you've been told for six hundred years it's just a series of dialects, no real language. Well, you hate to work together and knit something together. You hate to create a standard which is a voice for nowhere. They've done it in Gaelic by creating Middle Minch, as my Gaelic tutor called it, <laughs> which is a Gaelic that isn't fair place. Uh, and you, you learn that as a basic. Because what we fundamentally need, the new, if you're going to be a Scots language writer, you need a lot of creativity and you need a lot of flexibility. OK, let that settle in our heads. We're about to hear Mayor Simon about the forthcoming Scots Language Awards, which I dovetails into. You see, some folk would think, yes, was that planned? Was <laughs> production? Never. <laughs> the Scots Language Awards set for the 27th of September in Mitchell Theatre in Glasgow. For that, this is Saltfish 40 and a track card, The Netherbow.
Saltfish <laughs> 40 and a track card in Netherbow. That lovely. You're listening to Scots Radio. This is Frida Morrison and with me in the studio are special guest Simon Tumier and reporter, writer and broadcaster Ali Heather. On the 27th of September, Folk the Owl Scotland will be gathering in the Mitchell Theatre in Glasgow to be paired with the very first Scots Language Awards and Thittenech that will be. Simon Toomer will be in charge of the event. Simon, doing to brass buckets. If it's going to happen. Well, during the day, there's this event. So we, as I said before, we got in touch with Creative Scotland about this event. And it turned out that during the day, Creative Scotland are planning a, a conference called the Scots Gathering. And it's going to be in the Piping Centre in Glasgow. And we thought, well, let's dovetail an event, an award ceremony, onto the evening of this. So this is on the 27th of September. So the idea of the Scots Language Awards is basically to do an event that publicises Scots to the public and the media and is getting as many people to, to find out what's going on. Now, we've obviously done the Scots Tried Music Awards since 2003, and I, re- I know the value of these kind of awards things. They're marketing events, and first and foremost, it's all about marketing. And uh, from, like, the Trad Awards nowadays, if you have a category, like, Live Act of the Year, it's amazing that people can put them into their biographies mm-hmm. and it's really in terms of music it's really good for promoters because you can we get stuff from all over the world all the time see, saying oh this act is playing in Sydney Australia and they're the live act of the year or they were nominated uh-huh. so this is one of the the really good reasons for having like a language awards because it just heightens everyone gets people's things to hang on yeah it's like a few wrong you know competitions are a funny thing you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good, but I quite like them in terms of marketing. Aye. And this is what this is. You see, if it's, if it's what Jack was speaking about, it raises a profile. It's profile. It eases up. Yeah. You know, that's the hell point and the hell thing. And if folks see other folk enjoying it and celebrating it, they think, yeah. oh, maybe we could do that as well. Alistair? I mean, aye, I'm really excited about the awards. It gives folk something to aim for because you can already... Um, get Education Scotland, Scots Language Awards and that kind to get you the wee bit recognition. And that means a lot in the teaching environment. But to hear these kind of, like this kind of civic ceremony where you can get get up in front of your peers and just be acknowledged for day and gid work, for kind of day in the dark on behalf of the lead, it gives just folks something to aim for and an ambition. Yeah, right. I think also say they're not the be and end all. Mm-hmm. Though, you know, people say, oh, I don't really like this kind of thing. And it's just part of the strategy. And it's a good part of the strategy, but... It, it's an important part of the It's an important strategy. part of the strategy, yeah. This is important, Sam. OK, mm-hmm. how many categories? There is 11 categories, mm-hmm. 10 voted for categories. So I'll give you, I'll tell you who they are. The Scots Writer of the Year, mm-hmm. Scots Media Person of the Year, Scots Bairns Book of the Year, the Scots Speaker of the Year, Young Scots Speaker of the Year, Scots Teacher of the Year, Scots School of the Year, Scots Project of the Year, and the Scots Business of the Year, and finally, the Scots Performer of the Year. Mm-hmm. And there's one non-voted award, it's called the Janet Paisley Lifetime Achievement Award, and this year is going to go to the fabulous Aberdeenshire poet and singer and writer, uh, Sheena Blackhall. So, well-deserved. Good on you, Sheena. And she's coming down for it. And she's coming down for it as well. She emailed me the other day, half excited about oh, it. And she's written a special poem for it. <gasps> 
Fantastic. I wouldn't tell you if it's a boot, it's a special <laughs> point for it. Can we see anything about Father Presenters or going to be? Oh, should we let the, the cat out of the bag? Stars. Stars. <laughs> Well, I, it was a difficult process, and we had to try and pick the most beautiful people on the scene. Beautiful. Aye, aye, quite right, but they were busy. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's yourselves, it's Alistair Heather and Frida Morrison, who <laughs> are going to double hand the night. A double hand And Richie will noisily heckle, just like on the show. Is he coming? Of course I will. Are you going to come, Richie, as well? I'll surprise you. Uh, okay, yeah, we need to hear... Uh, a couple of ideas or, or fit, fit we're going to be expecting at the awards. Is it going to be along the same lines as the Trad Awards? Yeah, there's going to be performances and they will include Iona Fife. Oh. He's going to sing some songs. Steve Byrne will sing some songs and Susie Briggs uh-huh. is going to do some reading and there'll be some poems and, and lots of different Lots of different things, and it's, everyone will get uh, everyone have a chance to say something when they win their award, and hopefully everyone will turn up for it as well. Uh, no, you go into the the website, Scotch Language Awards website, and the public can vote for the folk to be nominated. That's right. uh, uh, that, that's it. Can folk get tickets? Yeah. So basically, you go to scotslanguageawards.com from Monday the second of September, right. and that is when the public vote will be open. And you'll be able to read out, read all about the nominees, and 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 vote for your favourite favourite person. And tickets People will be on sale from the website whatever. as well. Smashing. Okay, right. Far's idea was this: was that your mum's? <laughs> no. <laughs> my mum's had most of my good ideas, but not this one. <laughs> it has to be explained that Elizabeth is a power backer in the scenes. Am I right? Oh, she's amazing, actually. Yeah, I can this. In fact, I'll tell you what I found when I met Ali last year for the first time at the uh-huh. Chad Awards. He came up to me in Perth and said, Hi, I'm Ali. Can I meet your mum? <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Oh, of course, man, of course. Because I read, I read all, all the stuff she puts online. It's absolutely smashing. Meaty and that. She's so astute, you know. And she come up to me at the other world. She says, hello, uh, I'm, I'm Simon's mum. And I said, are you Elizabeth? <laughs> and it was just so great to meet her. She's incredibly talented. She's a great writer. She's a fabulous painter. And, uh, and actually... She's been my backer from playing the concertina. She sat with me all these years, oh. and uh, I don't know what I'd do without her. I could just tell she was a power back. I just <laughs> love that. And uh, there's obviously, a, that's why your love and respect for the Scots language comes with you, because oh, she's a great pioneer of the whole thing. But you know, one of the things that really turned me on to Scots language was Button Ben a Go Go by Matthew Fitt. Of course. I read it. On a beach, I think it was in Spain, and I was just absolutely enthralled with the hail thing. Did well, you, get you know, because I was, I read it, I think my wife Claire got it for me, and uh, I used to live in Bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Matthew's wife owned a gallery in Cooter. And my wife came home one day and said, I've just been to the, the gallery in Cooter, and you'll never guess who is there. She said, Matthew Fitt. I went, Matthew Fitt? He's my hero. <laughs> Button Benagogo. And I got to know him. I loved it. For me, Button Benagogo was the first example of Scots in a modern context. The contemporary context. That's exactly what it was. The Stuart Sucker. Well. Uh, oh, the Stuart Sucker. And I right. loved it. And actually, and getting to meet Matthew's been a massive thing for me. So, uh, And he's involved in the, the awards. Absolutely, well. yeah. Uh, right. The judges have made up their minds, obviously. They've got the, the, the nominees are all there, so the public can get involved now. And there's tickets, and neighbor that we've covered all that. Is there anything else we need to kind of mention about the awards? Didn't I don't think so. Just when the tickets are out, buy someone come down. Monday. Monday, right. aye. Monday the 2nd. Right. 
I want to speak to you about the Trad Awards in December and nah. But before that, this is you playing the concertina. On piano is David Milligan. The album, The Big Day In. This is a track card, Highland. Simon Toomey on concertina with David Milligan on piano. Say the album, The Big Day Ends. A cracker. And Simon is with me in the studio new. And new but new. We're wearing on in the year. We're near that far away for the other big date in the diary, Simon. You're the man in charge of the multifaceted, multi-trad, multi-camera event card, the BBC MG album, Trad Music Awards. This year is held in the Music Hall in Aberdeen. I know, 7th of December. 7th of December. Doesn't it seem that long ago when I took two young loons, called Ali Heather and Josh Bircham, <laughs> to their very first Trad Awards in Perth last year? 
They were half a wheel behaved, it has to be seen. And uh, they were half a wheel dressed, shiny shoes and nothing. And uh, I think we both enjoyed the whole thing. It was, it was a fabulous event. So, at the start of the programme, we were speaking about the Scots Language Awards. Now, let's hear we delve into the, the Scots Music Awards. What's going to happen this year? Well, uh, I suppose it's more of the same. There's uh, 16 awards. There's three non-voted awards. We have a, a Services to Scots Award, which will also go to Sheena Blackhall. Uh-huh. And then we've got Services to Gaelic, and we've got the Hamish Henderson Award as well, which is like kind of, course, of the top award of the night. Year. Yes, and um, we also have lots of categories like Live Act of the Year, Folk Band of the Year, Scottish Dance Band of the Year, Pipe Band, all that kind of stuff. And it's a great night, and there's loads of bands going to be playing. Scary Vore are playing... Uh, Benedict Morris oh, there's about 10 bands performing it must be a nightmare for you to choose who's going to play because it must be a heap of folk applying for it oh yeah I mean and you're trying to put a show together and uh, yeah and there's so many different things you could be doing you know but it's a, what, what an opportunity what a great, a great gig opportunity. to do as you said it goes right through the world Abdi Ken's about it but your heat must be immense all the time Can, now you're thinking about the Trad, trad Awards and the, you're just planning the, the Scots uh, Language Awards do you ever sleep? oh man uh, yeah because I'm very lucky I'm, I'm a musician really you know that's what I think of myself as and I'm very lucky to live a creative life and uh, yeah I have, it's fine I suppose the older I'm getting, the tireder I'm getting, though. <laughs> that seems to be a sort of en- endemic throughout the, the hill kind of scene at the moment. So at the start of the programme, I mentioned the Doric Film Festival. And at this point, I want to, to make a special commendation and thank you to, to Josh Bircham. I mentioned Josh there for his work at the Doric Film Festival and Scotch Radio TV. But before I leave the, the Trad Awards, can we just establish that folk can get tickets for that as well? Yes, the tickets are not on sale yet, but via scotstrandmusicawards.com and it's in the Aberdeen Music Hall. Great, just newly refurbished, bonny looking. Oh, it's beautiful bonny actually, looking. yeah. And there'll be a big Cayley at the end for Cayley. folk to get up and dance and it'll be a lovely night. Can I just mention before we just leave the Trad Awards, there has been some some criticism about the noise at the end of the Trad Awards. You can't avoid that. That's young folk. That's what young folk do. Listen, I don't think it's just young folk. I mean, I think people like to blame young folk for it, but it's everybody. And, and, uh, but there's a great feeling of life. And oh, it's so much fun. And everyone's having this big party. There's a lot of people call it the folky Christmas party. And Oh, I love it. I love seeing people that are all dressed up and they're smiling and they're dancing. Shoes, you can't beat it. Shiny shoes, nothing. Shiny faces, oh, ugly. It's, it's bonny. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that as well. Simon, thank you. Right, as I said, at the start of the programme, I mentioned the Doric Film Festival. And at this point, I would like to make a special commendation and a thank you to Josh Bertram, who I mentioned earlier, for all his work on the Doric Film Festival and Scotch Radio TV. Josh did all the technical magic and uh, worked with me on the posters, the logo, the films, and the web page designs, and he was even the voice of the films. And I'm giving him my award for that. Mm-hmm. And the Hale team were dressed up bonny for the awards day. Josh in his new bow tie, shirt and jacket, sourced that day a four for the, for the second-hand shopping in <laughs> We didn't have back on expense, Simon. No. <laughs> we'll put a photo of the Hale team up on the Scots Radio website on this programme gallery. And to recap, we had 30 films entered, three categories, 11 schools, 11 individuals and eight community groups. We had speakers, poets and musicians all rowed into the, the prize event in the Belmont Cinema in Aberdeen. 
And a big thank you to the cinema team, the Scotch radio team, the Doric board, and of course, the sponsors and Abdi that came to support the event. You can see the winners and shortlisters on the Doric Film Festival website and the Scotch radio website. And we've made a special video on the event that will soon be available. It's in Trois Halves, Schools Part 1, and Individuals and Community Part 2. And I can confirm. I should have got Richard Gear a drum roll. We're a bit late now. I can confirm <laughs> that we are spinning the wheel and we're furling the furls for again for this coming year. We're doing another film festival. We had planned to have the film festival every two years. But for a this idea, what did the participants in the team fit that fury? <laughs> no, this is, I was told, nah, keep going. And that's what we'll do. So we launch officially in October this year. And again, this will be for the northeast of Scotland only. But we are hoping that this will be teen up the other parts of Scotland. Another awards event, Simon, just think of that. When we started the Trad Award in 2003, people said, well, everyone every twi- two years, uh-huh. but no. Get everyone builds and it, the builds momentum it. goes and the, you need it every year. Okay. And far cans, we could be in a national awards ceremony, AD, and you'll be organising the event <laughs> again. Three events. Far cans, eh, Ricky? That's huh? it. Far cans. Far cans, far. <laughs> so we finish with music for the Doric Festival. And this is for Charlie Abel and, and Fred Wilkinson singing Achy Bray. And that's available online. And we have a puck of comments for the audience for we're at the Doric Film Festival Awards in the Belmont Cinema, Aberdeen. Comments for actor Joyce Faulkner, Billy Kay, Michael Dempster, Alan Hutchin and Sheena Wellington and others. Sue, for my special guest Simon Tumia, for Ali Heather and the honourable soon sorter to the stars, Richie Werner. Are you ready, Abby? Bye now. Bye the new. Well, I thought it was just fantastic. The schools, the Bairns, it's uh, just a delight to see uh, the Bairns because it's something I do worry about, particularly with technology, that the tongue's been lost. But that the day proved it isn't at all. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I was quite dumbfounded by the quality of the, the films that were shown. I loved the Wains, uh, the Bairns... The Blue Tuna Peter Heed were exceptional. Their introduction to the Tuna Peter Heed uh, was excellent. The only thing I would say is it's going to be extended. That Doric is a guy, guy important dialect of the Scots language. I understood 95 to 96% of everything that was said this afternoon as a Scots speaker for Ayrshire. So, what I'd like is this great idea. You've come up with this great idea, extend it, please, to the rest of Scotland, because we need our Scots Film Festival as well. Hi, hello, I'm Michael Dempster, uh, the Scots Screever and the Director of the Scots Language Centre. Uh, I'm up here today at the first Doric Film Festival. Uh, absolutely blown away by the quality of the films that uh, were coming through, for all three categories, uh, for, the, for the skill wins, for the community groups and the individuals. Brilliant quality stuff coming through. Doric was absolutely brought loads of native fluent folk talking in their own, uh, their own dialect and it's, it's something that I'd love to see going out to all the dialect regions of Scotland, Shetland, Glasgow, the way to Dumfries and Galloway, the borders, I think we could use this model for uh, getting that going everywhere, it's been a brilliant day and folk have been right into hearing their own Doric language up there in the, in the big screen. I thought it was uh, absolutely excellent. Just uh, enjoyed it from start to finish. Uh, very surprised with the talent, especially the youngsters. And uh, as I said earlier on, it's, it's uh, important to keep the, the heritage of the Doric 
alive for the future and uh, thoroughly enjoyed my day. Excellent talent, a lot of work behind the scenes and well done for everybody organising it. I thought it had been absolutely tackle as we say in Dundee and I, it's, it's a joy to see that the Doric has been helped, encouraged. The Bairns are were, they were ricked into it there. They were ricked into it. And uh, it was brought to see them. That they were excited about being here. It was a pleasure to be asked to take part. It was a great pleasure to make the film as well. It was a good experience. And um, I, lo- I loved the product. And um, well done, the winner. But uh, we'll be back next year in our film, surely, because we enjoyed it so much. I loved it. I would come back anytime and see this. I hope it goes on for many years. I think it's a great way to find out about the culture of the Northeast and the music the drama, the stories, and the people. It was fair tricket to see Sikaburika folk celebrating the rain with our tongue. Twas on a Sunday morning fair The sun was bright, the sky was clear Three pals of mine, they did appear And said, walk young to Aiki Says, I'll be there, never fear and I'll stand you a bottle of beer For I'm selling a clip on the old grey mirror On Wednesday first at Aiki Bray For at Aiki Bray, Aiki Bray There's been a horse market for money's a day But listen and hear if it I hate to say Oh, the day we get to Aiki Says Jock, man, Tom, we come the day To talk your hour to Aiki Bray On Wednesday we may be far away Say this day, well gone to Aiki They would not hear only denial Say I shifted my clays and I scraped my dial and I clotted my heat with the laddies hair aisle And a while we get to Hakey Bray So to Hakey Bray, Hakey Bray Off we set on the Sabbath day The sexit we saw nearly turn my hair grey On the day we get to Hakey There was motor cars and charabans, decals, gigs and caravans, old folks and forties and bernies and prams on the road to Aiki. And fun we landed at the bray. I stood and glowered in great dismay. I said, is this really the Sabbath day On the day we get to Hakey Bray At Hakey Bray, Hakey Bray There was Scots Fahina and Scots Wahe This soon was a nyuk to put hands off the lay On the day we get to An evangelist singing out a pity Stood nice a fiddler playing clean peace three While Basham the bruiser yelled step this way On the day we get to Aiki Cheap 
Johns and Quack Doctors and Grand Array Were dying a roaring trade that day I may be old-fashioned, but still I would say Fit wise to lose on the Sabbath day Hey, Kibre, hey, Kibre My love's a kebrizen for money's a day I'll gang back to the market, but on a weekday If I ever gang to Kibre